Uh, hello and welcome to the Union 1908 podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Durant, uh, recording to you on Bonfire Night. So if you can hear any um, any fireworks, well, that explains it. I'm here with uh, three guests this week. I'm here with Rob Lee. Hello. <laughs> I'm here with uh, Gray, Posse Osborne. Good evening. Uh, and I'm here with Amy Durant. Hi there. Um, and... Yeah, this is our second go uh, recording introduction. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, Rob, we were going to do a podcast uh, last week to kind of run over things and preview Saturday's game. Yep. Um, but, yeah, with this, I think the plan's just to kind of go over October's results and uh, look forward to the future, I'm guessing. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a way it's turned out. It's quite a end of the month, end of the first period of the season. End of the season, maybe. Who knows? Let's hope not. But yeah, it just seems like a good um, a good um, marking point. Yeah, you know, and as we'll talk about, it's been a quite a good month. Quite a good month, all things considered. Well, yeah, I'll start by um, by going through the results for the month of October. Um, we started out with a, a two-one win against Stockport Town, uh, where Heathcote and Gabbardon both scored. Uh, we've had two matches postponed, both against. Uh, Isle of Man and Stone Aldelanians. Uh, in between those two, we got knocked out of the FA Vars by Charnock Richard. Uh, there's that thrilling 4 all draw against Sambach United, where Elliot, Heathcote, Davis and Dibble all scored. Uh, Dibble with that memorable last-minute uh, header to equalise. Uh, a 5-1 loss against Wimmingham Town, but it's probably best not uh, dwelling on too much. Uh, a 7-0 win against Allsager, a 3-1 win against Abby Halton, and finally, to round out the month and perhaps even the season, uh, a 1-0 win away at Wivenshaw Amateurs. Um, Gray, I'll uh, ask you, would you want to, uh, to kind of round up the month and how that's uh, met your expectations or maybe not? Um, yeah, it's been, I think it's been a bit hard to know what our expectations should be going into each game. Um, kind of not knowing what, each opposition is going to bring and how good each opposition is going to be. But um, I feel like the more games that have been played in the league, the more we can start to give those earlier results a bit more kind of context. So mm. I remember on, on the preview pod, we were saying um, we needed six points from Stockport and Sandbach. Whereas now I think looking at how the, both those teams have gone on, I think four points is actually a pretty good, a pretty good uh, amount to take. Um, from those, um, because Stockport and Sandbach have been have been pretty unstoppable, apart from against us. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. Olsager and Abby Holton, I think we yeah we were great, but again, there's kind of like that caveat where people don't really know how good Olsager and Abby Holton are going to be this season. Are, are they are they going to get um, quite a few results like that? We don't know. So, I thought Saturday's result against uh, Wivenshaw was was good for that reason because it kind of it gave us a, another bit of confidence about the season that hmm. yeah I think we needed that extra little win before we went into lockdown to actually think that this is a good team and we are going to be up there hopefully this season I'll, yeah I agree and so with the with the Wivenshaw Town game like it just proved to us that Wivenshaw Town are, are really good so We've kind of been beaten by the teams we'd expect to be beaten by, and we've beaten the teams we would expect to beat. I would say, yeah, yeah. And uh, Amy, it's your uh, it's your first 
season as a season ticket holder, I believe, is it? Yeah, that's right. Uh, and how how's the month been for you? I think it's been great, all in all. Um, I struggle to think of a West team that is so coherent and fired and passionate as the one that is at the moment. Um, and I think even the games where we haven't won, um, with the show town aside, obviously, um, but the the four all draw against Sandbach United, I thought that was my favourite game of, of the whole season up until now because, like, there was, there was fire there, but they showed consistency. And I think that kind of drive that we haven't seen previously, you know, to, to carry on and, um, yeah, and to get through things. And with the, short out, with the short amateurs on Saturday, I was giving it the big one and going, oh, this is boring. But in actual fact, when I think about it, it wasn't boring at all we played really well I, th- I think our defense was quite good and the fact that it had been preceded by you know seven nils like big score sheets like screen this and that I think we're showing that we are capable of doing that of pulling things back but also being consistent and being just generally a, a strong force at the moment and um and Rob, I know that um we often talk before, well pretty much before every match, we uh, we agree that our heads are both falling off <laughs> and we're struggling to deal with the uh with the, with the pressure ahead of another classic Northwest Counties Division One South fixture. Um but yeah, how's the how's it been for you? Um good. I mean I think if I had to grade it, it'd be a B. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Um obviously yeah, NA will be top of the league, maybe still in the VAS. But yeah, it's been solid. It's been good, very good in some parts. Obviously, the Withenshaw Town game was a bit of an aberration, but as as Gray said, they're the outstanding team this season. Even more so than Vox, so it looks like. But yeah, I agree that we've won the games you'd expect us to win. Um, the Sandbach game looks a better result with every every week. Looking at how they're how they're done, I think they're second as the table stands at the moment. Stockport are fourth, same points as us, but with the game more plays. So we've got a game in hand on them. But as I think as Amy said, like it's not just the results, but the way the team looks as well. It looks it's a really said before the season started, it was a really together team. And that's becoming more obvious with every week. That's been the main thing for me. And I did, mm-hmm. I did think Saturday was really, really boring. But I am hard to please. <laughs> Uh, well, I was going to move on to the next point in that I'm just asking uh, each of you to pick out an individual moment as a highlight um, from the season. I'm guessing that you won't pick anything from Saturday, Rob. Well, you, well that's very that's really wrong. Because I, I was thinking of um, Gabadon's goal against Withenshaw. I was just partly because it was so boring up to that, but also because we said after the game that it was a sort of game that we didn't really, you know, mm. sort of, it's a cliche, but other West teams wouldn't have won that game. Would maybe have lost at the end or, you know, maybe got a draw. But to actually turn that game into a win was something that was really positive for me. So, yeah, that was my highlight of the month so far, or the month. Yeah, there was, well, as we said in the podcast after the game, is games like that that we've thrown away pretty much for as long as I've been going down to West. And there was, um, especially as we knew, it was pretty much the last game and how the last Wimshire Town game ended, there was a sense that, yeah, that goal meant quite a lot for keeping momentum up and also keeping spirits up over uh, over lockdown. Uh, Gray, I'll uh, 
I'll ask you to pick out. Uh, I'll pick, ask you to pick out both a, a highlight and a lowlight. Um, so I'll start with a highlight. So highlight. Uh, yeah, I am going to go for Marcus Dibble's equaliser against Sandbach MD5. Um, I just I do think at the end of the season that point that point that we gained from that game by and therefore taking two points off them, giving us an extra point. I think that that can count for a lot. I mean, who, who knows what the season's going to look like, but I can imagine that point um, counting for a lot. Um, and yeah, for, what, for what that showed, fireworks. Yeah, for everything that that showed about the team. So like, without wanting to go like, all, all Roy Keane on it, but I thought desire and fire in the team to to in that moment showed a lot and I don't think we would have seen that from every West team in the past but in that moment I thought yeah we we could really see what that that West team was about I thought uh, and yeah what would you say uh, for your low light and uh, Amy I'll be coming to you next low light kind of just within short town it was it was a bubble bursting moment. I think everything had been been pretty good up until that point. And I think that was kind of us coming back down to earth with a bit of a bang, showing that we're good, but we're not we're not the best in the league. You know, we're not gonna walk this league. It was it was a moment of realization, I think, that game and how the way we lost it. Um another low light as well. I'm gonna go for Bagsy D's. Bagsy D's heel turn, <laughs> such, such a fan's favourite last season, and just coming back to West and uh, <laughs> the box office way that he he went and injured injured Tinks in in moments, and yeah, I thought that was disappointing, uh, kind of a low point of the season, yeah. Well, yeah, I think for the both your highlight and your your first low light, I think are uh, the two that Amy were going was going to pick, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Amy. Uh, so, so we'll just uh, we'll linger on that um, that red card for uh, a returning hero in Bagsy because that uh, that was the, one of the most shocking moments in recent West history. Uh, such a, a beloved player, somebody that I think most fans would have wanted back uh, if given the chance uh, to, yeah. It just wasn't nothing that you want to be seeing at, uh, at any level of the game, was it? Um, but yes, Amy, do you want to? Uh, have you got anything to add on the highlights and lowlights? Um, maybe in different ways. I think the highlights and lowlights for me. I think like yeah, the game against Sandbach United. I, well, I talked about it before. It wasn't just about like. Yeah, fireworks eh? and like moments where, you know, absolute smasher goals, you know, which is always great. But I really saw like gravitas, the strength behind there and proper cohesion of the team that like I've definitely never seen all season. And yeah, with the short time was just a weird game because there was like it was played under a cloud, wasn't it? Like there was so much anger because of what was happening in the wider world there. And it, it felt palpable, like watching the game between you, Matt, and you, Rob, was like, woof, like, yeah, really, <laughs> like being in a pressure cooker and, yeah, looking onto the pitch was like looking into a pressure cooker, which I'm not sure what it looks like, but I, I think it would be looking like that game, definitely. And, yeah, I saw kind of a unravelling of that 
earlier, you know, gravitas and strength and togetherness. Um, yeah, just we lost our heads a little bit and it was remind it was yeah reminiscent of other times and games where we've lost our heads quite rapidly and the thought of oh is this just going to descend into another season of you know disappointment and where it's always been are we going to get back to you know some of that wonderful play that we've seen before and we have done a little bit um Rob, just around this part off, uh, which of the the five goals for you away at Wimbledon was the low light? <laughs> Oof. I'd probably say the third one because that mm. really took the game away from us. I think it was quite soon after the second one. At 2-1, still a chance of getting back into the game, but at 3-1 and then 4-1 and 5-1. Because I think it was 2-3 and 4 in the space of about 10 minutes. So either, yeah. any, of the, any of those. Mm-hmm. And the fifth one was just unnecessary, really. <laughs> Yeah, I think, that, I think that 10-minute spell uh, away at Wiltshire Town was just some of the most dispiriting, one of the, one of the most dispiriting periods of play I can remember as a West fan, just because of the, the hope of going there. And we got outplayed there twice last season, but somehow managed to get away with a point. And I thought we were going uh, on equal terms. But just touch on what Amy said, the, probably the worst thing about it was, it was this, you know, we had, had this last season as well. That we started off really well in the season and then sort of classic West, which is that one of the worst terms ever. But it just, it just comes back, doesn't it? It just comes back. That sort of game we had New Mills last season where he came back thinking, here we go again. That was the worst thing about that game for me. But then we came back with three wins in a row, one goal conceded. That was a positive thing, how, how we responded to it. Uh, yeah, and we'll kind of stay on October. Um, when that we we asked uh, union members for their uh, for their votes for player of the month for October, I think that uh, about seventy percent, eighty percent of union members voted, and the landslide winner uh, was the man who was picks as Rob Lee's highlight of the month. Uh, for his goal at Woodenshire Amateurs. It's Dante Gabadon, who, uh, yeah, around 50% of the vote. I can't, I'm not sure if it's who I voted for. I can't remember. It might have been Billy Matthews, who I voted for, showing my cards. Um, but yes, uh, he's been a revelation at the start of this season. He was, uh, he was very good last season as well before he got injured. And it's good that he's come back on uh, on a similar tip. Uh, Gray, I'll ask you to, uh, to lead the celebrations. Um, yeah, I've got to admit, I'm not. I'm also one of the 50% who didn't vote for Dante, but <laughs> but I, I fully understand why why people will have voted for him. Um, he would have been my second choice for sure, but I voted for Sam Heathcote um, just for obvious reasons. But uh, yeah, I think it's really difficult to argue against Dante winning this month's vote. Um, I think he's got four goals and he's obviously created quite a few as well. Um, and he's had at least one game playing in defence as well this month. And yes, to still get those figures kind of shows how creative he is for us. Um, there's been a few people I've heard who've kind of come to West this season who've who've not been before. And like Dante's name is always the first person that they mention. Like he is the person that when he gets the ball, he makes you kind of everyone stand up and, uh, well, we're already stood up anyway, mm. but, you know, makes everyone pay attention and he just, he just makes things happen. So yeah, I, I've, I didn't vote for him, but I think he's amazing and, uh, yeah, a deserved winner this month. Uh, have we got any other, have we got any Dante Gabadon voters on the podcast? <laughs> I, I, I didn't vote. I forgot to you vote. Didn't. 
<laughs> oh god! I, cl- um, I clicked the link and I was overwhelmed by the choice. I could have voted for any of them, and then I, just, <laughs> I uh, well, if we've got time, we might get a Capitan voter on. But yeah, I completely agree. But um, I voted for I voted for Billy just because I think that he's. Uh, I wouldn't say that he's been our best performer of the month, but I think he's made some of the most decisive interventions coming off the bench. Um, and also, there is the uh, a kind of feel good story, but in that uh, I think Billy was one of the players that was easily forgotten last season. There's a lot of performances, a lot of times that he played, but I don't think uh, a lot of people watching, myself included, would have um, remembered the performance. Whereas I think pretty much every time he's been on the pitch this season, he's been um, been memorable for one way or another. Though, having said that, part of the memory is him getting uh, an incredibly deserved red card. Uh, so, uh, but yes, I think that I think Billy and Sam came uh, joint second and third. And there's a, a smattering of votes, including uh, a few for Aaron Gruel, who's uh, another much improved uh, player this season. Um, much, much improved player this season, didn't play last season, what I'm talking about. But he's been um, decisive off the bench, rather, in the same way that Billy has. Uh, having a look at the league table, um, Rob, I'm guessing you know more about this than me. Uh, who are the early runners and riders in the Northwest Counties? Um, well, obviously the big two, um, Vauxhall and Richard Town, who said before the before season started, we expect them to walk the league combined. And that's how it appears to have um, unfolded so far. Well, actually, Sam Batch is second, but Richard Town have got two games to land. Yeah. But I think we said before the season started that there was those two. And then when there was a group of maybe five, six, seven teams for those third and fourth spots, which is how it appears to have unfolded. Um, looking at the table now, Sam by second, Stockport Town, obviously West, then Barnton, who have been a bit of a surprise package. Abbey Haystone, they're all up there. So it's, you know, it's, it's as we expected it to be, I think. Yeah, and there's a few names in there that you might expect to be doing better once the season kicks on in but Cheadle Town down in 13th, who are... Um, one of the biggest spenders, or one of the uh, like I say, biggest spenders. Who, who is it? Kieran Westwood. They've got yeah. Board, yeah. The, uh, I'm, I'm the not sure. Not sure. Obviously, we don't know about individual clubs' wage bills, but the uh, maybe not the biggest spenders, but maybe the most professional setup. Yeah. Well, they well they advertised for a director of football or something two seasons ago, and they wanted. To, Five promotions in ten years, or something like that, that was on the on the job description. They're clearly very um, very ambitious. Uh, New Mills in tenth there as well, and uh, Abbey Hay in eighth. Whereas uh, our big rivals, Main Road, uh, sat down in sixteenth from the bottom two, being uh, well, FCL of Man who have played zero and obviously on zero points. Eccleshaw who've played four and are on one point, and Abbey Holson who uh, who West. West only beat three one, didn't we? Um uh in eighteenth winter amateurs. I didn't realise winter amateurs solo. Good mm. God. Um but yeah, that's uh that's pretty much October. Uh we're going to uh have a discussion about chance because so, Gray, I've got great news for you. Lawrence Taylor, your chant was uh voted the favourite of the month. Fantastic. Which, uh, that is fantastic. Even, <laughs> even with uh even with recency bias, it's still something to put, to put on the C V. I'm not gonna um, bring it on the podcast, but that, that is great. <laughs> oh, God. Um Amy is somebody who's uh, quite a critic of some of the chants down at West. 
including your least favourite one, the uh, the tequila chant. I knew you were uh, any excuse to mention it. Any excuse to mention it. <laughs> uh, what have you all been, uh, your musical highlights of the month, Amy? My musical highlight is definitely being Lawrence Taylor. It's so good. I am biased because the song's great anyway. Uh, but unlike some chants that may or may not be mentioned, the tequila one, like... It fits tempo. The lyrics are great. They are appropriate for Chilton and for West. So, yes, that is absolutely my favourite channel at the moment. Uh, wonderful. Um, yeah, well, I don't think there's anything more to add about October. It all seems so long ago that we're, uh, we're at the football. Um, and, yeah, this... Uh, this month's going to be, of course, a month off due to a uh, coronavirus. Uh, and Rob is the oracle of all these, uh, all things Northwest counties. Uh, what's what's the current state of play as you read it in the uh, in non-league? Um, well, for anyone who doesn't know, it's been suspended from today until it's to be the is it the second and second or third of December, which is the midweek. Yeah. So as it stands, our first game back will be Sandbach away on the 5th of December, I think, which is a Saturday, assuming it doesn't get extended or we don't change the fixtures around. Um, at the moment, obviously teams can't play, teams can't train. The only team in the counties that can train is Selmersdale because they're in the FA Cup. So they, they can only train for as long as they're in the FA Cup. No offense whatsoever. But yeah, so at the moment, there's, there's, there is nothing. <laughs> there is nothing. Um, and yeah, Amy, I'll ask you the. Uh, I've got two questions written down. Uh, one, do you think do you think we'll see football back this year? And uh, second one, how uh, how's your experience been down at West with social distancing? Um, to take the first question first, I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm trying. Or this is quite. Is this a bad thing? This is more of a self protection thing. But I'm trying to. Um, pretend that it doesn't exist for the moment. Um, I think that that is, um, yeah, that I don't have to, I don't have disappointment maybe um, of, you know, wanting it to come back, hoping it, it it's going to come back and then, yeah, to be disappointed. Um, so I'm not sure. I think that judging from behaviour and reacting to previous lockdowns, I think North West Counties will you know, they'll, they'll do what they can. And if there is a way in, then a, a football, you know, coming back, then definitely they'll take it. I, yeah, I, I really think that. But personally, I don't know. And I don't want to think about it. I'm hibernating and I've, I've put it on hold. And I've got some nice memories of October to hopefully see me through just four weeks. Um, for the second question, um, while... Yeah, I've I've not got much experience of going to other teams and and seeing their social distancing. Just you know, a couple. But I think um, fans' reaction to it at West has largely been been great. Um, especially when you know, you know, nineteen oh eight, we fully got behind it and um, we utilised all space around the pitch properly. I think that um, at the beginning. Um, that maybe wasn't happening as as good as it it should have done, but towards the end, absolutely, definitely, and um, is 
it's difficult, isn't it? It's something that I've thought about a lot. Like West is like a massive bubble and when you're there and like a goal's just been scored and you're with people that you love watching a team that you love, you forget everything in the world, which is great. <laughs> but obviously we can't forget this. Um, we can't forget what's going on. So I think that, yeah, definitely, I think fans' behaviour definitely towards the, the, the end of the season is, yeah, something that we can be proud of in regards to social distancing. And uh, Gray is uh, somebody else who, like myself, likes to be in amongst the throng as football much. Um, yeah, on the same question, like, how's, how's it been different for you? Because I know that you're... Uh, yeah, yeah it, it's yeah it's, it's been it's been a tough one um and like obviously people's health and not putting people at risk is the most imp- important thing um but at the same time i can kind of see why if if the government are trying to offer some grains of positivity in people's lives then like non-league football can be one of those one of those things really um you know i think they like if it's done right at west us standing around a field watching watching football is kind of compared to going to pubs and bars and cinemas and stuff like that, I think it, it can be done safely. But um, we've all been going to West for a few years and like it's kind of ingrained into us how we act at West. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult to train your body and mind into doing stuff differently. But I think, um, yeah, people have had a really good effort at it. And I, and I think, yeah, largely I think we've managed it. Um, and I think it's it's difficult for West because we're kind of outliers in a way. You know, there's there's not many teams at our level who who would have you know who would have had to change things drastically. I think, but you know, for for fans at West not to be packed into the shed end and not to be packed into the bar afterwards, like it it is really difficult difficult and different. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty proud of how everyone's how everyone's kind of made the effort to do that and. Um, yeah, and I think if it means that we can have football back again at Brooklyn Road sooner rather than later, I think it's something that, yeah, it's a sacrifice worth making, I think. Yeah, um, and Rob, like the, like especially over summer, like I wasn't missing West too much until I started speaking to you about it. <laughs> and then, and then uh, yeah, I was walking past Brooklyn Road every day. Um, yeah, like... We've discussed uh, off podcast about like the um, the chances of seeing out a full season. Uh, it's not; it doesn't seem viable, does it? That will there will be a full thirty eight game season? No, I don't see how we can complete a full season now. I mean, we started late anyway. We started a month after everyone else, which is a league decision. Um, and then, obviously, if we come back on the fifth of December, then you think, well, if you can't train. Do you go straight back into games? Is that risking injuries? Can you do that? Maybe there'll be another two weeks before we have to actually play a game. And then, you know, within Sharmages have played three games so far in the league. That's like, what, 35 games in five months. That's like seven a month. And that's, mm. in the best case scenario, there's no more, well, obviously no more postponed games and no more suspensions. So in terms of a full 38 game, 38 game season, I don't really see how we, how we can fit it into the, until May, even if it gets gets pushed to June, I don't, I don't see how it can be done. So I think there'll have to be a reshuffling in terms of fixtures and schedules to ensure the season comes to some sort of conclusion because having the season null and voided again for a second year in a row isn't, you know, that isn't viable mm. either. That can't happen. 
Yeah, so I was going to ask you, Gray, like, is non-elite sport viable? But I think I was, must have been quite downbeat when I wrote that question. What I really meant is, like, is, is like, the current um, landscape of, like, non-league, do you think that's fit for purpose over the next 18 months? Uh, do you think that we'll, like, I can't see, personally, I can't see, like, uh, start of the 21-22 season, things being looking how they're planned to be. It's it's yeah. I think decisions are going to have to be made about how we finish this season. Whether we just continue this season until it until it ends, you know, whether we're still going to be playing this season in July, August next season, or whether the Northwest Counties are going to come to a decision whether um, there's a points per game situation, or I don't know, a, like a Scottish style split kind of playoff style system at the end. But yeah, I think there's going to have to be some big questions answered about how how it does continue because like Rob said the amount of games that are going to be needing to play like Isle of Man still haven't dropped out of the league and you know <laughs> so they've got even more they've got 38 games that they could still play so yeah at the moment I don't think it is in its current form I don't think it is viable I think there's a lot of questions that still need to be asked about it mm. I think, yeah. I, think, I think. Sorry, I think. I think there's an appetite to finish the season in some way. Yeah. I don't think anyone, anyone wants to see another null and void. So I think the season will be finished, but in what form we don't know. Yeah. Um, well, we'll leave that um, that part of the discussion there um, for the uh, for the final part. We've uh, well, we've got a pre-recorded bit. Amy, do you want to uh, do you want to introduce that? I'd love to. Um, so I had a conversation with a Steve, 1908 member earlier, Michael Coates, about his wonderful um, fundraising efforts. Well, everyone's wonderful fundraising efforts, really, but um, Michael really took the lead with organising a calendar for Operation Oscar, which is a charity that we're supporting. So I had a little chat with him earlier, and he told me all about the calendar. Um, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll play that. But um, just before we do, I'll say uh, I'll say goodbye to each of our contributors. Unless there's anything more you like to say, uh, thank you very much, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. A real pleasure. Uh, thank you very much, Gray. Thanks a lot. And thank you very much, Rob. Thank you. Cheers. And here's a uh, here's Amy's interview with Michael Coates. Cheers. Well, okay, my name is Michael Coates. I've been a West fan for, I must be six, seven years now. And I'm also a member of Union 1908. And I've, yeah, trying to help with the fundraiser for Oscar at the minute. And that's, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Lovely stuff. Now, the lovely calendar. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about that, please? What's in the calendar? The calendar is made up of photos mostly from union 1908 members uh, a couple of other west fans as well have contributed to it it's a small little desk type calendar uh, looks quite nice i think um and it's being sold for 12 pound 50 although there is discounts for union members and 10 pound from every sale is going to charity for a part of our fundraiser and it's really part of the wider fund fundraising drive that we're doing at the minute um, to help Oscar and his operation costs. Lovely. And could you tell us a little bit? So the, the name of the charity that we're supporting is Operation Oscar, right? Uh, that's the fundraiser name, yep. Yeah. Um, 
young West fan um, who's in need of an operation and it's very expensive. It's not covered by the NHS. We need to raise £65,000. Believe it a minute, they just hit £45,000. Wow. And there's been all manner of different fundraising efforts that have been going on for quite a long time now. Uh, but they are inching their way closer and closer to that goal. And we decided at Union, 08, Union 1908 that we would try and raise as much money as we could. So we initially started with uh, quite simple um, cash fundraiser. People just sent in money to me and put that up online. And then we decided we need to actually do something. Uh, <laughs> we had to create something that would give people more of a reason to donate as well. And we thought, oh, well, we'll create this calendar, a nice one filled with all pictures from Union 1908 members and something that they could enjoy as well while giving to a good cause. And that's exactly what's happened so far. So we made 50 of those with every with £10 from everyone going straight to the charity. So it should raise another £500. And that had put our fundraising efforts over £1,000. Um, and I think we're going to do that probably quite comfortably, I would have thought. We've already sold 25 and it's only been a few days. So I can't see that being a big problem. So a £1,000 is... Um, really good i mean you know they're, they're 20 grand short and we want to help in any way that we can and i'm sure there'll be other fundraising efforts after this as well but yeah at the minute it's the, the calendar and in a couple of weeks when that's sold out then i'm sure there'll be other ideas we'd like to raise we'd like to double what we've done really if we can get it up to 1908 pounds would be pretty special but, you know, how how realistic that is, I'm not sure yet. This is the first time we've ever been doing this, big fundraisers. But uh, if that's the target, so we'll see. Yes, definitely. And it is going great. And it's, yeah, a wonderful cause for a wonderful boy. Um, so just to um, finalise the details of where people can get the calendar, is it through the Union 1908 website, right? That's exactly right. Um, and again, when you go to do that, uh, you can pick as many as you want. Um, there's no limit on that. So if somebody wants to come in and buy all 25, then there's nothing stopping them from doing that. Um, but uh, when you go in there, of course, uh, the same rules apply for all of our merchandise that we'll be doing on 1908. Um, so if you have different levels of membership you get different discounts and if you're not sure of what your discount code is then get in touch we can tell you uh, but it, we've priced it especially um, so that we can get a solid 10 pounds from everyone and put that forward and union 1908 members have contributed to the creation of the calendar um, so that's kind of a fundraiser in it in and of itself that we've already all contributed to to make sure that every bit of profit can go to Oscar's fundraiser. Yes, absolutely. Um, what is your favourite month of the calendar, Michael? Uh, mine is uh, December because it has a wonderful goal celebration uh, that took place right in front of my face uh, <laughs> when our captain, uh, Sam Heathcote, scored a, a fabulous goal. Um, and came running over and I've never seen so much joy and passion on a West player's face in my life and we caught it on camera. Uh, it looks fantastic and because it's so celebratory that way in December and my second favourite one is probably the November one, um, a classic West flare shot that um, 
really, since we're not going to have any fireworks this year, maybe next year it'll be much more reminiscent of the fireworks that we're going to have in November as well. And the fireworks on the pitch following West, of course. The fireworks on the pitch. I have just realised the connection between the flare and having it for November for Bonfire Night. <laughs> oh, yes. Continuity there. Um, okay, lovely. That was great. Thank you so much. Uh, so, yes, get your calendars from the Union 1908 website and let's try and raise as much money for Operation Oscar as possible. Finally, Michael, some closing thoughts. What are your, what's your opinion of the West season so far? It's been a fabulous start so far, to be honest. I think it's exceeded everyone's expectations. Uh, the unity around the team has been really good to see. We had a little struggle last year where we weren't sure if things mm. were going to work out how, we, how we'd how we planned. Um, there was a little bit of tension in the air at times. This year, the squad seems together, the management team uh, together. Everyone's working for the same cause. We've got a great captain, um, I need to repeat that because I think he is um, doing a fabulous job and I'm sure he'll get the credit that he deserves at some point. But I really like to see the way that he speaks with the fans, the way he communicates how the fans feel to the rest of the squad. Um, it makes everybody up for it even more. We've got some fabulous wingers and fullbacks that are just doing brilliant. I mean, the whole squad's looking great. Um, I've got a lot of faith, a lot of time for them. They're getting results, not every week, but most weeks. And I think they've got what it takes to finish in that top four and take us up this year. I'm really excited about it. Yes, let's hope so, definitely. Michael, again, thank you so much for this little chat this evening and for your wonderful calendar efforts and organisation. And see you, hopefully, at Brookburn Road very soon. Come on, West! <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on. Come on, West. <laughs> Come on, West. Thank you, Michael. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.